It is great to have you. And I think, I think we've got three visitors in our 10 o'clock service. But uh, so glad that you're worshiping with us. We are kicking off a brand new series, as Chris said, answering the question why. Why does any of it matter? And we're going to talk about that this morning. Why does the resurrection matter? There's a lot of hubbub, the Easter bunny, lots of candy. Everybody dresses up, big meal, a national, international celebration. But why? Why does any of it matter? And what's going to be the difference between getting excited today and tomorrow being any different? Because at North Point, we're all about not just Sunday, we're all about Monday. And everything that happens on Sunday has to translate into Monday. And so we're going to dive right in. I'm going, to, I'm going to just touch on three quick points this morning of why the resurrection, why all of this matters. And uh, Chris Carter is going to continue this series next week. And I sure hope that you'll do what he's asked and what we'd love you to do is come back three weeks and just stick with us for this series. We sure hope that you will because we believe it will make a difference in your life. There was a young man by the name of Joshua. He was a skeptic of Christianity. He did not believe that the Bible was supernatural. In fact, he believed that it was a book full of contradictions. He believed that the notion that a man would rise from the dead was ridiculous, and so he set out as a pre-law student to study this topic, to study the Bible, to study these references to the resurrection, and to prove them false. That was his goal. And as he set out to do this, he invested more than 700 hours studying the subject, thoroughly investigating its foundation, he came to the conclusion that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most wicked, vicious, heartless hoaxes ever foisted upon people. Or, it's the most important fact of all of history. And he came to the conclusion, coming to the subject as a skeptic, he drew the conclusion that indeed the latter is the truth, that it is the single most important fact of history. You know him as Josh McDowell. He has lectured now for over three decades as an apologist, helping people understand how supernatural a book the Bible is and the importance of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, this morning, why is it important? Why does it matter well, the first reason is really the answer to the question that the angel asked in Luke chapter 24. Actually, the angel asked this question first, Easter Sunday morning, when the women came to the open grave, and he said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And so Easter morning kicked off with this question of why. We're going to answer it quickly this morning. It's in proof, it's in pardon. And it's in power. Now, somebody has said it's not bragging if you can actually do it. And people have accomplished all kinds of impressive and sometimes crazy things. There's one man, Mustafa. He claims to have the largest biceps on the planet at, almost, at over 65 inches. Not sure if something was injected or not, but supposedly those are real guns right there. Okay, It's not bragging if you can do it. Uh, the heaviest sportswoman to, woman to compete in uh, competitive sports is Sharon at 448 pounds. Don't want to get in the ring with her. The oldest gymnast is Joanna at 86 years of age. And that's a real photo. That's not Photoshop. She's not standing next to bars that are vertical. 
The largest chocolate bunny in the world is Peter Chocotail at 8,488 pounds. Wow. The largest Easter egg hunt in Winter Haven, Florida, 501,000 eggs. And lastly, if you want to be the guy that sticks the most needles in his head at one time, that's me. He's from China, over 2,000 needles stuck in his head. It's not bragging if you can do it. Well, the first reason that Easter matters, that the resurrection matters, is its proof. You see, lots of people give lots of different labels to Jesus. They call Him a good man. They call Him a great example. They call Him a good teacher. They call Him a great prophet. There are many in the, in the world today that believe those things about Jesus, but they don't believe the most important thing about Jesus, about what He really said He was. And that's what we have to come to grips with on Easter Sunday morning. Jesus didn't claim any of those things. Jesus claimed things that were more audacious and outrageous than that. He didn't claim to be a way to God. He claimed to be the exclusive one way to God. He didn't claim to be a prophet. He claimed to be God. His claims got him killed. He was highly controversial because of who he claimed to be. He, he not only claimed to be God, he claimed to be able to forgive sin. And religious leaders went crazy over that claim. He picked up the scrolls and he read from Isaiah. And he said, today this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. I am Messiah. And they tried to shove him off a cliff and kill him. It was the outrageous claims of Jesus Christ that got him killed. And he didn't claim to be just a prophet or a teacher. In fact, he said, I am not a way, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And nobody gets to the Father unless they come through me. In that statement, he said, every other religion is false. It's, it's a deception. You see, the notion that there are many ways to God is absolutely categorically false if you believe the words of Jesus. Because He claimed to be the way. He claimed to be the single door. If you're going to get to the Father, if you're going to get to heaven, you've got to go through Him. And so why is the resurrection important? Paul tells us why it's important in Romans chapter 1, verse 4. He writes that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power. How? By the resurrection from the dead. It was proof that He was the real McCoy. That He was the real Messiah. That He was the one that the Jews were looking for. It was absolute, categoric, undeniable, indisputable proof that He was who he said he was. And that's why Josh McDowell said it's either of the biggest hoax or it's the most important fact in all of human history. And he said it's evidence that demands a verdict. You have to do something with Jesus. Jesus will not leave you in neutral. There can be no indecision with him. You have to decide. If he told the truth, then He is Lord, He is God, He is supreme, and we should believe Him and follow Him and submit to Him. And so why does the resurrection matter? Number one, it matters because 
of proof. I like what Andy Stanley says. There's lots, there's lots of arguments. There's lots of excuses. There's lots of criticisms about whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. Andy Stanley simply puts it this way. Listen, he's the guy that rose from the dead. I'm for that guy. So would you just look at your neighbor and smile and say, I'm for that guy. You can say a lot about him. But the bottom line is, he proved it. Number one, proof. Number two is pardon. One of the most extraordinary presidential pardons in all of American history happened in 1952. It was President Harry Truman. And he gave a, a presidential pardon. He commuted the death sentence for a guilty man, Oscar Colazzo. Now why this was so unusual and why it was so extraordinary is because Oscar Colazzo, excuse me, attempted assassination of the president. He wanted him taken out. He came with guns attempting to shoot and to kill the president, then president of the United States. So what's extraordinary about him commuting the sentence is this was the very man that tried to kill him. I'd say that's pretty extraordinary. Would you do that for somebody that tried to kill you? You see, the second reason that the resurrection is important is because I have a death sentence. And the bad news is, you have a death sentence. Because the Bible makes it abundantly clear. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages, the payment, the paycheck for sin is death. Somebody has to die for your sins. And Jesus Christ is the president of the universe. And He commuted your death sentence. And He did it by taking your place as the perfect Lamb and Son of God. He died a substitutionary death, not for His sins, but for your sins and for my sins. And in so doing, He gave us the ultimate universal presidential pardon that He offers to us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And all that remains is that you and I accept it. That we believe it and that we receive it. So why does this day matter? It matters, number one, because of proof. And number two, because of pardon. Mark Driscoll puts it this way. I love this. He says that you were so bad, you were so broken, you and me both, we're in the same boat, you were so bad, God had to die for you. That's how bad it was. And he goes on to say this, you were worse off than you feared, but you were loved more than you hoped. I love that statement. You were worse off than you feared. I was worse off than I feared, but I was more loved than I hoped. That's the message of the resurrection. And that's why we celebrate this morning. We celebrate, number one, because of proof. We celebrate, number two, because of pardon. And we celebrate, number three, because of power. Somebody says, wow, he's through his three points already. We're going to get out of here really early. Just hang on with me. What does the preacher say in conclusion? It means absolutely nothing. But we are going to try to get you out of here before 1130. All right. It matters, ultimately, number three, because of power. You see, Friday was about forgiveness. Friday was about paying the penalty for sin. 
Somebody has to die. In God's economy, in His kingdom, according to His government, the wage of sin is death. There's a penalty, and that is unremovable, and it is irrevocable. Somebody has to die. So the, the, the cross is about Friday and the penalty. But listen, Sunday and the empty tomb and the stone rolled away is about transformation. Many people stop at the cross and they don't ever move on to the empty grave. What is Easter Sunday morning all about? It's about our lives being transformed by the person and the power of Jesus Christ. Easter Sunday morning ultimately isn't about our day changing, our wardrobe changing a little bit. I, like many of you, I got a new shirt for Easter. Or a new dress or a new hat. And it's wonderful. And many of us are going to get together as families and we're going to celebrate. That's wonderful. But let's determine this morning that Easter is going to do more than change our day. Let's allow Christ to change our lives. That's what Easter Sunday... Sunday, excuse me, is all about. It goes beyond information and inspiration and even aspiring to be like Jesus and even imitation, trying to be like Him to transformation. Listen to what God's Word says. Romans, the 6th chapter, Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Can you see that those two facts are connected. Jesus coming out of the grave is connected to my life. I can walk in newness of life. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone belongs to Christ, he's become a new person, a new creature, literally a new species of being that's never existed before. The Bible says the old life is gone and a new life has begun. I love what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Christianity is an inside job. It, here's what distinguishes Christianity from every other religion in the world. Every other religion works from the outside in, trying to make us better people. Christianity works from the inside out. Christ comes to live in the human heart by the person and power of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He comes to live inside us, transform us, and empower us to be like Jesus Christ. Paul writes, May God Himself sanctify you. May He change you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the one who calls you is faithful, and He will do it. That's what makes Christianity different. That's what makes it so exciting. Is it's God working from the inside out. Christianity is an inside job. And the, the, the empty tomb is about our lives being transformed. A couple more verses. Paul said in Philippians 2 verse 13, It is God who is at work in you both to will and to do or to work for His good pleasure. Jesus wants, wants us this morning to go beyond the cross. Thank God for the cross. I'm not minimizing the cross in any way. But Chris Carter said it earlier. He quoted the Apostle Paul out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Apostle Paul said, If Christ is not raised then our faith is in vain. 
It's worthless. It's useless. And Paul goes on to say, we're still in our sins. Wow. No, the resurrection matters. I'm going to ask Jeff Rouse to come to the platform, and I'm going to ask Jordan, first and all, to come to the platform, because we're talking about lives changing. And North Point is a place, like many churches, where many people's lives have changed. And I asked Jeff Rouse to share his story. Things changed for him, what, 2000, 2001, and Jeff was a professional cowboy on the cowboy circuit, and, and he was a businessman, and, and uh, on one hand, you had life by the horns, Literally, but, uh, but some things were going on. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life, Jeff, uh, before you came to Christ, and then how uh, significant things have changed since then. Well, there's proof, there's pardon, and there's power. And as I said, what really matters, what's really important today is that you encounter Jesus Christ in a life-transforming way if you haven't already. And it's interesting, you know, Jeff Rouse mentioned that he prayed a prayer when he was younger, but somehow it didn't stick. And, and uh, when he meant business with God and he, he prayed a prayer in simple faith, something happened. And Scott Merritt shared in the first service, Jeff Rouse shared in this service, Jordan shared in this service, something happened, something changed. And, and God was at work on the inside. That's what being a Christ follower is all about. And I close with a simple story that really illustrates what it means to place heart faith in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says very simply that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord, the Bible says we will be saved. What does it mean to place heart faith in Jesus Christ. Blondin was an aerialist. He lived in the 1800s. His goal was to be the first man to ever walk a tightrope successfully across the Niagara Falls. As you can imagine, there was a huge crowd on hand. He stepped out onto that, that tightrope. He walked fearlessly, flawlessly, and unflinchingly from one side to the other. The crowd went crazy. They cheered and applauded, and they began to call for an encore. They said, we want to see you do it again. And he said, you really believe I can do it again? And they said, yes, we've seen you do it once. We know you can do it again. And Blondin, as the story was conveyed to me, he singled out a young man at, the, at the, the front of the crowd. He said, young man, do you believe that I can do this again? And the young man said, yes. He was a little taken aback, but squared his shoulders and said, yes, sir, I've seen you do it once. I know you can do it. And Blondin said, young man, then come here and get up on my shoulders. You see, there's a difference between intellectual belief and heart faith. And that's what will bring transformation to your life this morning. Placing simple heart faith in what Jesus Christ did for you that you could not do for yourself. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me in a quiet moment of reflection as the worship team in just a minute is going to lead us in a response song of worship. <clears throat> but with head bowed, heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you a question. How many are here and, and you can say... I'm not a perfect person, but I've got a genuine faith. And Jesus Christ is transforming my life. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God bless you. Many hands going up. You may put them down. But not every hand went up. You're here and you're honest and you say, you know what? I, 
I don't remember a specific day or time. And, and I don't know that I have peace with God. I, I, I don't know about what you're talking about, about Christ coming to live inside me and begin to transform me from the inside out. I, I, I want to, but I don't know. Well, today is your day that you can come into that relationship with God through Christ. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many, by an upraised hand, would say, Pastor John, pray for me because I want to know Jesus in that way. Hands are already going up. How many others? God bless you. Many hands going up. Others quickly. We're not going to... Thank you so much. I see hands at the back. I see hands in front. Thank you. I see the hand back there. God bless you. Let's do this. I'm going to ask you to do something. I want to pray a prayer for you, with you. And God's going to give you a miracle today. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing, if you would. You raised your hand. I'm going to ask you quietly to stand to your feet. Just You slipped your hand up. I'm going to ask you to where you are. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And we're going to pray a prayer together. And God's going to give you a miracle. If you're going to pray in simple faith, you mean business with God, He's going to mean business with you. God bless you. Let's stand up. and I'm going, to, I'm going to suggest that we all pray together as a family. And here's what's important. I'm going to lead in a simple prayer. Your faith isn't in the prayer. Your faith is in Jesus Christ and what He's done for you that you could not do for yourself. But I'm, going to, I'm going to invite us to pray together as a family. I want everybody to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to help these precious folks that are standing. And those of you that are standing, I want you to pray loud enough that you can hear with your own ears. And you don't have to understand everything. You just have to believe. That's what's important. Let's pray together. Say this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today in humble faith. I believe that Jesus is God. That He died in my place. He rose the third day. He ascended to heaven. And He's coming back. I believe that with all my heart. I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. And Jesus Christ is the only one that qualifies. Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Wash me. Cleanse me and empower me to live for Your glory, Your honor, and Your pleasure the rest of my days. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Those of you that are standing, yes, we put our hands together. Let's all stand up. Now those of you, uh, Warren's going to lead us, the team's going to lead us out of here in celebration. You prayed that prayer, you meant business with God. We've got a little book we want to put in your hand after the service. It'll help you in your walk with God. Would you, as soon as we're dismissed, Warren's going to dismiss us, slip down to the front, we want to give you a copy of that. We'll have some ministers down here. Please do that before you go. Thank you, God bless you, and happy Easter. Let's celebrate and worship the Lord together. Hey, good morning. Hi.